Hey guys, welcome back to the Grad Life Podcast. This week we're very lucky to have Connor who works in the real estate industry. So what we're going to do is learn all about that, how you get into it, uh, what it's like when you work in there because it is a really cool place to work um, and I know that Connor has had a great career in there so far so we're lucky to have him. Thanks for joining. No, thanks for having me. How long have you been in real estate? I'm in about six years now, six or seven years in total. Right, I all in Dublin? All in Dublin. Now again you'd cover the surrounding areas, you'd cover parts of Kildare and parts of Mead depending on which company you're working for at the time. Um, so I would have started out just in a very, very small role there, it was more or less part-time work. Um, the company I was working on at the time, they would have covered most of Leinster really. Right, okay. Um, so you would have got a, a broader experience there in terms of geographically. Um, and then when I moved to a different company, you were very much focused within the one area. I mean, you travel maybe 10 kilometer radius from your office and that's the height of it. Yeah, okay. So going back to college, what did you do in college? So I came out of school not knowing what I wanted to do. So I had a decent leaving, but I didn't know which industry or what sector I wanted to go to. Yeah. So I'd done an arts degree, like every right. suspected secondary school student. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I went to an arts degree. Is it used No, I don't maneuver. Ah, right, okay. Yeah, so I don't business and English and that. Again, I was <laughs> bowled over with job offers once I graduated, <laughs> obviously. Um, but yeah, I finished, finished the degree there and didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I was working, I was actually working in a gym part-time right. when I finished up, um, done a bit of work in the family business as well, and fell into auctioneering or estate agency, whatever term you want to use for it, working two, three days a week, and that was where I got my first taste for it. And how did you get into that? Like, what was the thinking at that point? It was just, how much was you get cash? It was a job. Yeah, yeah right. it, was nothing, it was nothing to do with the industry. I didn't know what was involved in it. Um, I met the guy who owned the business and had a quick chat with him and all seemed good, seemed nice, seemed pretty lax on what I was going to be doing and lax around the times I did it and so it seemed like a good fit at the time for somebody who didn't know what they wanted to yeah, do. Yeah. Um, I was still playing sport at this stage as well oh, yeah. so I was kind of probably hadn't given up the ghost on that end. Right. Um, so I just wanted something that allowed me train, allow me play and give me weekends off and that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, fell in, worked a couple of days a week with him. and. Did you outbound him or how did you come across him? Like if someone was thinking, oh geez, I wouldn't mind doing that, what did they do? They go on LinkedIn and message people or what? With that, it was word of mouth. Yeah, right, okay. word of mouth, just in town. Like you, you knew he was looking for someone, so I went down and met him. Um, if, I was lo- if I was going back, say to then, and I knew I wanted to get into real estate or I thought I wanted to get into real estate, I probably would just be reaching out to the big companies. Like there's a couple of big companies within like D&G, Sherry Fitzgerald, Lisney's, uh, Savills, they're all large scale. Right. They'd all have quite a number of job offerings. Sherry Fitz would be the biggest and then D&G after them. Right. Um, but you'd get onto someone in HR there, send in a CV and they'd be able to find you something, I'm sure. And what sort of stuff you do? Like, they're not selling the edge vlogging houses quite yet. So what do no. they do when you're in the door? What do you start off doing? You're, you're opening and closing doors. Really? <laughs> That's about the height of it. Yeah, you're really like, there's different terms for different companies, but like, they, I suppose it'd be a sales support. So the people who are actually selling the houses, you're helping them. So I'm you're okay. admin for them or going out on appointments for them. I mean, they're not really getting you to meet people you're not selling a house to someone on a viewing but what you might be doing is there could be a survey going in or there could be maintenance work when carried out in the property 
and you'd have to go in, open the door, sit there for half an hour, 45 minutes, and close the door That's after you. Mad. Is that the job? That yeah. was it at the start. Yeah, it was, it was nothing else. And they yeah. just get you used to being the front of the face of the company, I guess, yeah, even just for just, the service people. It is probably just a case of seeing what you like too. Um, at the end of the day, I think with, with real estate, especially when you're dealing with residential property, so people's homes, you have to understand it's the biggest asset they own. Yeah. So it's the most important asset they own. So if you send someone out there who's not very polished or not very professional, you could get uproar from your client. Yeah. So when you get these people in at the start, you probably you put them out, get them to do small jobs bit by bit while you train them up. And then when you get a sense of what they're like, that's when you might bring them out in a viewing with you. So you're facing buyers or you're facing clients. Yeah. Um, and then go from there. Right, okay. Yeah, there's a lot to it because mm. I'm just thinking it's the biggest asset they own, which is a big deal financially. It's also a home. And so there's a lot of memory and emotion there. I always analyze how like doctors are interesting because they're present for the most heightened moments of people's lives. Yeah. Real estate is the same. Close. You were there for when they're buying or selling their first or last or whatever family house. And it goes a bit further than that as well. I mean, a lot of the times when someone's selling a house, it's to move on to another house. So this could be someone who bought a starter home, a two-bed apartment, or maybe a three-bed house. And now they're looking to move to that forever home. Yeah. So you're looking after the sale of that starter home. If that sale doesn't go smoothly, they run the risk of losing that yeah, forever yeah. home. And sometimes you're breaking bad news to people. Sometimes you're saying your buyers after pulling out. Or your buyer wants a hundred or will go for a hundred grand less or whatever, and that screws the whole. Exactly, yeah, and that's when the emotion really comes into it. Um, do you yeah. ever do like? Was there ever blowback from that? Are they ever like, this was your job and you screwed yeah. up? And, yeah, all the time. Really, yeah. We have to take the blame for everything. God, that's tough. If if you sell a house too quick, you underpriced us, you undervalued us. If it takes too long to sell. You're no good at your job. Yeah. So there's, there's, it, it's finding that middle ground, um, and people are emotional because of the context of what's happening. They're selling a house; it's a huge asset, but they're also it, it's money at the end of the day. And you see a different side of people sometimes when money's involved. Yeah. Not with everyone, but with some people. I mean, it's probably the cause of the greatest stress in someone's life: finance. On average, for sure. So you you get to see people in in a different light when the sale isn't going as it should or maybe it's going really well and then greed kicks in yeah yeah now i'm kind of starting with all the negatives no, no, I'm, I'm bringing you down as well it's yeah. very interesting to hear but you see other people then as well like you, you might think that this jesus yeah if you've got someone selling a two million euro house they're probably going to be really high maintenance about it that might be the case they could be the most easy going people in the world because they have 40 million or whatever yeah exactly. yeah exactly yeah you, it could be just that one bed apartment that that 2,000 euro is the difference between them being able to move, them getting out of negative equity. It's, it's, there's a lot of pressure around it, yeah. Okay, this is, this is very interesting here. Let's look at how uh, the companies are structured and then as you go from the door opener and closer, mm. how do you make your way through those companies? So uh, presumably you've got the people who are buying and selling houses for people and you've got the people who are uh, letting, like for, for renting. Yeah, so real estate as a whole, as an industry, you've probably got three or four main sectors of it. So residential would be the biggest sector of real estate. Just okay. It's just, it's, it's residential, it's family homes. Yeah. So it could be families buying and selling, it could be investors buying and selling. Then you've got commercial real estate. 
so that'd be office space that'd be industrial it could be development land for, for people to build on yeah and um, you've got new homes so new homes can be handled from a different office at times right, okay. it can be handled in conjunction with a commercial estate agent and they're like new builds new builds okay exactly because again it's a different way of selling you're not selling an individual's house you're selling a scheme of 300 houses for a yes. builder um, and then you've got other things that people may not think of like a, a valuation sector so it's oh, just yeah. carrying out valuations for banks it could be um, for portfolios it could be for investors there's a load of difference reasons people get you to value one property or a thousand right okay are any of these divisions more prestigious than the others depends on who you ask like okay <laughs> let me let me ask more directly yeah. are any of these divisions more how do these divisions rank and how they pay the people working in commercial probably pay best right okay if you get to the top of commercial it probably pays best with commercial transactions you deal with a lower number at a far greater value and um, you also probably have more scope to deal internationally I mean if you put me into the middle of London and ask me to value and sell a house I wouldn't really know the local market there yeah yes. whereas on commercial you look at it more from a helicopter view right you know exactly how the commercial market is behaving European globally yeah yeah so they'd probably be involved in sales internationally uh, and if you get to the top of that obviously it's a lot more competitive yeah and you'd be getting paid well. and that's like CBRE and these sorts of companies yeah, in CBRE, London yeah Cushman Wakefield um, those type I think Cushman Wakefield are probably the biggest one right okay so you've commercial then you probably have the people selling the houses then the people renting the houses yeah so it'll be commercial residential lettings and then valuations I didn't speak about lettings again that'd be a, a different one it'd be just people renting houses managing houses while they're let um, but they wouldn't be involved in the actual sales of it. But you will have, I mean, a small agent might do all of them. Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, of course, yeah, a small local office or whatever. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, you go in as the door opener, it doesn't matter whose doors you're opening. How do you carve your way from there? So you make an impression, and yeah. presumably, right? So yeah. you did, they have a, uh, let's just say it is um, Lisney. They have their service person in uh, Grafton Street and they just say yeah every time something's wrong we call up Jimmy and he goes fix it so they can call up Jimmy and say hey we just sent young Connor down to you what was he like would you trust him type of thing is he a good guy it'd be a bit of that but more so they'd probably see how you are around the office as well answering right. phones how's your way on the phone um, they get you to do work for them if they're writing up a brochure for a house or doing the marketing for that they might get your help on that so they'll see how you are in an office environment and they'll gauge your competencies at the same time from that point then you'll probably be the one that's driving it you might be the one who shows that ambition or that incentive to try and do more or to ask to do more and um, depending on the company you're in i mean if it's a if it's a sole trader or if it's an independent someone small you'll be able to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with them and say look i want to get involved in yeah. selling. how do i do that um, and that's an important thing to sell a property you need a psra license so a PSRA license is the Property Services Regulatory Authority and they'll issue you a license after you have a certain amount of credits um, within the industry or within the education of, of real estate. Um, without that you can't sell property, you can't let property, you're basically destined to work in marketing or in an admin role or in a sales support role, you're not allowed to negotiate, which can do everything else within the industry. Um, I mean, you'll see people in companies that are just 
they're terrific real estate people but they don't have the license and they don't negotiate that's interesting yeah so the the psra license is key if you ever want to get involved if you ever want really a true schooling in real estate you have to get that license can you do it on your own or do you need to be in the company to do it you can do it on your own right so you can do a couple of different degrees on it i can't really speak for a lot of them i didn't do it as an undergrad i went back and done a master's part-time to right. actually get the, the, the amount of credits i needed from a PSRA degree for, for the PSRA license. Um, so once I'd done a certain amount of credits, I was able to apply for that. I got it. I was able to go out and sell. Um, so that's that's the way I went. But there is undergrad degrees you can do as well. Yeah, you okay. Can go to DIT, I think, have one. Um, three or four year degree. And it's, it's, I think it's auctioneering and valuing, maybe. Yeah, right. And then there's apprenticeships as well now actually if you are working full-time you can do a two-year degree out in balls bridge i think it is right um, and that will get you your license to be perfectly honest the education piece of it is nearly irrelevant to what you're going to be doing on a daily basis um you learn that on the job but without that education yeah, without that PSRA license you can't do a thing same with a lot of these degrees i think yeah, to be honest yeah, yeah it is it's true so that's funny you get so you the PSRA license so you sorry yeah i'm, I'm kind of getting sidetracked no this that, geez, that of all things is very important for people yeah. here yeah but so if you go into the company without a PSRA license you basically have to prove your good or your worth putting forward maybe they might pay for your education maybe they might send you to do a degree or maybe they might send you to do the apprenticeship right okay um and you can do it that way so you show your your worth your salt basically yeah um if you go in as a graduate from one of these degrees with the psra license they still will start you off in that role so it's a very basic role it's it's probably your apprenticeship nearly within the company yeah. before you're actually selling they'll show you the inner workings of the company um, start off just opening doors then they might bring you out on viewings they might let you sit in when they negotiate sales um, they might let you sit in on some of those meetings or conversations with vendors to people selling houses that would be really cool for a young person to be doing sitting in on those meetings that would yeah. be great yeah it's funny I was when I was doing that I probably didn't appreciate what you're talking about like you're hearing hundreds of thousands and millions of euro been thrown around but it's kind of irrelevant yeah, to you because yeah. you haven't experienced that. Yeah. Um, it's only as you, you go a bit more into your career that you actually understand what these figures mean to yeah. these people. Um, but then you'll get into a negotiating role and that's when you're taking a property on from the very start. Someone says, I want you to sell my house. You take it on. You do all the viewings. You do all the marketing on it. You negotiate the sale. You're back and forth to your vendor saying, this is the offer we have now. We recommend you accept it. And then you've basically closed your first deal after all that happens right, and okay. once you've closed a couple of smaller deals you might be trusted with a bigger sale a bigger sale um, and it really goes on from there are you able to talk loosely around how the compensation works so you're given a good base yeah. salary and then obviously when you close the deal you get money how does that work like do you get depends on who you're with again okay it depends on the company you're with um the larger companies so again the sherry fits the dngs those kind of companies what you'd be looking at is a decent base wage, a good base wage, um, and then it would be a percentage of the fee. So if you sell a million euro house at 1.75%, you're just getting over 17,000 of a company fee. Yeah, okay. And then you might get 10% off that. Okay. So, so there's two negotiations to be won there. You need to get the company's fee of the deal, and then your fee of the company's fee, your percentage yeah. of the company's fee. Exactly. Right. The better the company, the higher the fee. 
Yes, okay. So if you are working for Mickey's Mansions, they might get half a percent or they it. might get one percent, they might even do it for lower. Right. Um whereas if you're dealing with Sherry Fitzgerald, you'll pay two percent, you'll pay one point seven five percent. Um the value there to the client is Sherry Fitz will get you a higher sale price. Yeah, sure. It'll get you a better price in your property. Um I know when you're talking in terms of the fee, that's a whole point seven five percent higher than the competitor. But at the end of the day, if in the grand get, scheme of things, like to get one percent more on the sale price of a house than a competitor covers your fee and then some. Yes, exactly. So you're you have to weigh that up when you're choosing the agent to go with. Yeah. Um, and that's a that's a really really important part of the job. But it's a really important decision then for a young negotiator coming into a company. You want to work in a company that's getting higher fees because you'll get paid better. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So you do, you go in, you open your doors, then you go into say maybe whatever team has an opening, the lettings team, then you figure I want to get a chunk of the big deals, I'm going to go over into uh, residential. You do well in residential for a while. What did it let you do that? Because you see these different, do people um, franchise yeah, these so things like Lisney Sherry Fix? There is, so there'd be, there's a core group of business and core group traditionally revolves around Dublin. So all the Sherry Fitz offices, all the D&G offices you'd see in Dublin, they belong to those groups. Right. Whereas when you go down the country then, you might go down uh, yeah. to Nace, yeah. and you'll see an office of Sherry Fitzgerald Riley in Nace. Oh, right. Um, or, yeah, yeah, you yeah. might see uh, you might see a D&G McCormack in Selbridge, I think it is. Um, and they're franchised. So these people would have approached D&G or they would have approached Sherry Fitzgerald and say, look, I want to open your brand of office out in my area. And they go into an agreement off that. Sherry Fitz and D&G get a percentage of your turnover at the end of the year and you get to use their boards for the, you get to use their boards and their branding. Which is about a prestigious and kind of sexy brand to be thrown around. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, it is, it really is. And it's, a, it's an important thing, I think, People trust what they know, mm. um, and it's a big brand. Yeah, it legitimizes the whole thing. Exactly. exactly That's fair. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you're doing mixed mansions, people don't know if you're going to run off with the money or whatever. You know, yeah, there's a lot again, to like it. Like we said, it's it's your biggest asset. You want to be very, very sure you're you're choosing the right agent and you're choosing someone trustworthy. Yeah, very interesting. So you do it for. Uh, say like five, seven years ago, you're doing well and then you realize, okay, I have a big network in Ireland and I know all the high net worth individuals who are going to buy the houses and all that sort of stuff. But what if you want to move then? What if you live with your girlfriend, you want to move to Canada or Australia or wherever? Can you take it abroad or do you need to do it's those exams? That's where I don't know about taking it abroad. I think Ireland's very, very stringent on their licensing laws for estate agents. Okay. Um, I'm fairly sure if you go over to Dubai, you might be able to get it in two weeks. Right. I think you get that license in two <laughs> weeks rather than four years. Um, the skills are very transferable, but the okay. database of purchasers and buyers is not. Um, over in Ireland, we're still very parochial. I mean, everyone knows everyone. Yeah, you exactly. want to be a big name in the town to actually get your foot in the door. Yeah. And that's important. So being part of local sports clubs or being involved in local communities is a is a big part within that area. Um, whereas when you go abroad, like I know with the London scene, it's it's a lot more cutthroat. They don't care who you are or where you're from. They just want to know you're the best person for the job. Yeah. Um, and that's the same in a lot of places. Same yeah, over okay. in New York and that too. Some of those big cities. I remember there was a guy in Sydney who was like famous for making a couple of million a year because yeah. he had all the Tom richest Panos people in Sydney. Probably. 
I can't remember his name. Yeah, so there's there's a guy that again for anyone who's interested in a state agency, there's a podcast called The Million Dollar Agent. Right. And that's run by a guy called Tom Panos who's Is he a Sydney guy? He's I think he's Sydney. I'm not right. sure exactly where in Australia, but uh those guys are making some serious money. It's mad. They're making, they're making millions a year. But that, that it is exceptional because you're selling seventy million dollar houses, hundred exactly. million dollar houses. Yeah, and again, their fees are higher over there. Oh yeah, there would be. Yeah. Ireland's fees are quite low, I think. Right. Overall, for the service you're provided, yeah, I do okay. feel they're quite low. Um, but with certain agents, then it's going to be a race to the bottom. I mean, some of your competitors aren't getting the the houses on. They're going to keep dropping and dropping and dropping their fees just to get instructions. Yeah. So you come up against that over here. Whereas I don't think there's uh, I don't think that's um, what's the word I'm looking for? Tolerated. Yeah. In places like Sydney and that, I think you'd be you'd be ran out of there. Yeah, you'd be out of there for yeah. sure. There does seem to be that kind of uh, well, it's not like a cartel, but there's an understanding there. Yeah, <laughs> You're not. But I think people respect quality as well in those places. Yes. Yeah. 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 Funny. So what are what are the other key things that people should know about uh, if they're going into this career? The exams you say take four years. What's the quickest you can do the exams in? The quickest way is probably doing an apprenticeship over two years. If you can get into a real estate company, work in it and get put forward for an apprenticeship program in Ballsbridge, you can do that in two years, I think. There might be other degrees out there you can do it in two years if you're working full time. You can't go to Dubai, do it in 20 minutes to come back. No. Right. I'm okay. I know. Yeah, I considered that at the time when yeah. I was coming back to do my master's. Um, but no, it won't work. So you'll have to do it over here. And it's normally about two years you can get that license. Um, from once you have the license, it's probably going to be another two years before you're you're dealing with some decent sales. Yeah. Okay. Um, some I, some people they won't move out of their territory. You'll have some heavy hitters within high value areas that negotiate on the majority of sales, and it'll be very very difficult to get in and compete against them. Uh, from within the same company from within companies yeah okay. so what you'll see is the good thing about getting into a big company especially if you're Dublin based is there's succession plans in place there and there's mentorships in place there yeah. so you're if you get into a Sherry Fitzgerald Gerald and Byrne would be a name that anyone in the property industry would know deals with the, the really really high end houses um, there'd be people who'd be there to probably look to mentor her, her and or she'd look to be mentored by her um, and hopefully look at that succession plan down the road. What's her name so people can Google? Geraldine Byrne? Geraldine Byrne. Right, okay. Yeah, so. And she do all like say Shrewsbury Road or her Holt or whatever. That's it, exactly. So that's the ticket, that's what that's she wants. The ticket. There's a Simon Ensor then who would do uh, who would do the likes of Holt and that. Right, okay. Again, really high end houses, but these are professionals who've been in the industry for I'd say 20, 30 years. Yeah. And probably did start out just opening doors. Yeah. Found craft and got really really good at it yeah okay built up a network of purchasers of vendors out there and just became really really trusted within the industry mm. um i mean it's it's an industry that takes a lot of flack i mean people hear estate agents and they automatically think that there's dishonesty involved or there's right okay people who aren't exactly truthful what they say um so i think building a reputation within real estate is really really important and once you have that, once you hold yourself to a really high standard throughout your career, people will recognise that. Yeah, okay. I was going to ask about that. Like, how do you become incredible at this? So if you were to become, if you asked me that about tech sales, I'd be able to say that 
you go and you do such a discovery on what difference it's going to make to the business mm -hmm. that you're able to kind of build a whole pitch around it and fit exactly how this purchase will affect their end customer and what it'll mm -hmm. do to revenue like all that sort of stuff yeah. good discovery is the key for us it's the same uh, well as an estate agent or involved in any form of real estate involved in any company i think it's the same thing what value can i add so if i'm looking to win some business if you're thinking of selling your house and i'm telling you why you should go with me i have to show you that i am adding more value to this sale now in this instance it's going to present itself and getting you more money for the sale of your house and the way i'd be able to do that is through processes that i have built or that i've formulated over the last couple of years in the industry and are tried and tested so it's about getting that across it's about selling yourself to someone right gaining their trust um, and delivering on it as well because word of mouth is massive in the industry yeah if okay. i tell you i'm the best and i'm going to get you x amount and then i go out there and fail you'll tell all your friends yeah yeah and they won't use me and if you do well then you'll tell your friends and exactly yeah they'll tell you good news and bad news travels just as fast yeah sure so people will talk about you and they'll say look he dealt with my sale and he was brilliant i wouldn't mm. go to anyone else and then they choose me i do that 10 times I get 50 clients next year. I do that 50 times. I can increase my fees a bit because all of a sudden there's a term that's it's the attraction agent. Right. People want you to sell their house. Yeah. It's not about me going out to pitch to get your house on. Yeah. It's about people ringing you up and saying, look, you saw my friend's house down the road. I seen the price you got for it. Could you sell my house for yeah. me? Yeah. And then it's a case of you, you're able to name your price to an extent. You're able to go in a lot higher the, the competition. But again, you're still adding value on the end of that sale. That's very good. Yeah. That's interesting. It kind of demands excellence. It does. You um, can't get away with faking or whatever. No, not at all. And people do think that. I suppose I'd see, I see competitors or whatever go out, and they might sell you the moon and stars, mm. but not actually deliver on it. And by the time you're locked into the sale, you think, oh, sure, I'll just go along with it, and they yeah. get the sale out of it. But that's not sustainable at all. Um, those people do get found out eventually. It's about on every single sale treat like again, it's the most important thing in this person's life you're dealing with. Yeah. So you treat it like that for every sale you have on your books. Is the EQ do they look for EQ in you? Like do they look do they look for you to be emotionally intelligent or do they care? Are you just the agent that's flogging the house or they probably don't look for it, but they right. probably on a subconscious level notice us. Yes, okay, yeah, yeah. I'd say that in fact uh, of course. Yeah. Um, they would. It's, it, like again I'll, I'd have dealt with a, uh, an array of different types of people, so I'd have sold for investors. And with an investor, the bottom line yeah. is, why will I use you, what can you get for my house? I will have dealt with probate sales, so the, the, the mother is the last one alive, or the, the, the mother was the last parent alive, living in the family home. She passed away, and now the family have come together and made the decision to sell the family home. So you're sitting in front of people that are probably grieving, yeah. Um, and you're saying why you should be the one to, to manage their sales. So that's a completely different pitch sure. than the investor. Yeah. But you're still saying the same things. You're still going to do you're still gonna follow the same processes, but you're probably just gonna package it a little differently. Yeah, okay. This is interesting. So what what the, the top of the game looks like probably one or two things. One, your um Gerald and that lady who runs like the, the basically the hottest corner on the block and mm -hmm. it's yours. Yeah. Or two, you probably take your own 
uh, build your own shop and off you go in, the, in, in a different area or even in, in the hot area in Dublin, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Exactly. So you would have, you have a lot of very, very successful independent estate agents. Um, they always do tend to grow as anything successful does. Yeah. And it becomes a Sherry Fitzgerald or Douglas Newman good. They all start they somewhere. Expand. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, with that, I suppose, comes you're outsourcing a lot of your work to different people. So although you were the man who was dealing with all the sales, gets to the stage where you can't physically deal with all sure. of this, so you create branches and it's about trying to get your ethos right the way down through everyone who's involved yeah. in that company. Very cool though. And then you talk about instead of getting, say, uh, you sell a million dollar house as an agent for Sherry, you get 1700 You, as, as the agent for uh, Mixed Mansions, if you are Mick, you get uh, 17 thing. grand or 15 grand or whatever yeah, it might be. exactly. So off you go. Yeah. And if you're in a town like, say, Neistrahat or whatever, that's where it happens. Celebrate, that's where it happens. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting, yeah. Cool industry. Okay, so quick tips for people. How do they get into it? What would you recommend? They go off and they basically outbound their way in. Uh, it's, yeah. If I was trying to give myself this advice, um, See, I know now I want to do it, so I would just go from school, I would have went straight in and done the degree, but I didn't know at the time. Mm. I'd probably try and get a sense for it. Um, applying to the bigger companies for that type of sales support role is probably the best way to get a taste for it. Um, and again, all you really need is a, a car and a driver's license to start there. Um, if you do like it, or if you know off the bat you want to be involved in some form of real estate, do the degree, you know, yeah. the PSRA license. Once you get the license then, I'd probably say get into a big company. You're going to have more exposure to better people, Yeah. better learning and development. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, real estate tech is a pretty hot topic at the moment as well. You'll get access to the latest tech too. Um, then from there, it's really up to you what you do with it. It's, it wouldn't be something you could be very, very good at nine to five. Right. Definitely, there's a lot of twelve-hour days in there just to get really, really good at it. Right. Okay. Um, the way to get your name in lights is to get really high fees, or to sell a high amount of units, or to win a lot of business. Um, and that's going to be done by outworking the competition. And good negotiation. And good negotiation are very important on it, but a lot of it does come back to just graft. Right. It's putting in longer hours. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of that in it, which isn't for everyone. Yeah, it's not for everyone, but. People who come out of college and are kind of like money driven. Yeah. A lot of them, to, but some of the, the uh, lazy ones are going nowhere anyway. But mm-hmm. some of the driven ones are very happy to put in that, those hours and get it done. Um, what I'd say is, real estate, and I'm going to offend a lot of colleagues here, but real estate is it's a great industry to earn great money in without being particularly intelligent. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not a case if you don't have to have a, a degree of medicine to get into this game. You have to find out what it is that adds value and how you're going to do that and just do it really well repetitively. Yeah. Um, and again, like I said, it's that hard work that on top of it that's, that's really the foundation for all of that. If intelligence is excellence, there are other forms of excellence that come through though. So there is, you say, the emotional intelligence, the communication, the negotiation, all that sort of stuff. But something you wouldn't say about yourself, what is true, is you're like impeccably well presented, very well spoken, all that sort of stuff. These are things that people would maybe take for granted, that you might even take for granted Possibly. yourself, Possibly. but that are striking when like when you meet someone and they're like, if you were to send someone out onto a client site, 
that you need to be absolutely certain they're going to be more class or class E mm -hmm. than that of the competitor. So these people yeah. are incredibly well presented and yes. uh, polished, as you say. Yeah, exactly. You're working for a company, but at the end of the day, you're selling yourself. Yeah. So it is. It's about presentation. It's about how you come across. Um, the phrase, actually, what I was trying to sum up there was the phrase was that uh, you don't have to be a brain surgeon to earn brain surgeons money. <laughs> yeah, so that's what true. I was told by someone in in real estate. Um, and that's what it is. I mean, I wouldn't have known what I, I wouldn't have known what way I was going to go. I always I was always ambitious, um, but I didn't know what industry I was going to go into. Mm. Um, I do think in a lot of industries I may have done pretty well, um, but real estate was one I could excel at because there's no denying when you're doing well in real estate. Yeah. Within a big company, they'll see your numbers. They'll see exactly what you're doing. They'll hear reports. You know, you'll get feedback from the people you're selling for and the people that are buying from you. Um, and once that is all steady and repeatedly good, you're going to ascend pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you can, just for the listeners, you can end up making hundreds of thousands of euro a year yeah. in your 20s doing this. Like it's, yeah. a, it's a really good career path for people. Yeah, it is. And again, what I'd say is that nothing's going to happen overnight you're not just going to come straight out of college mm. and get handed those big sales but two three years out of college when you're doing this repetitively and you're really performing at a high level you will get trusted with that those sales and it's something that like i like i mentioned the, the people i mentioned there they've been doing this for for 30 years at the top level yeah and there's very few industries it's re it, it's it's easy to do that in mm. um longevity is important in the business as well the longer you've been doing it for the harder it is to get you out of there as a competitor well it's a snowball effect yeah that's for sure of, of trust of reputation of all these different things exactly and all the tech in the world isn't going to replace someone with that little black book of contacts of who's selling yeah. and buying i was going to ask you before we go what is the what's this real estate tech like what's what are the, the cutting edge things happening there's a lot of it a lot of it's moving online in terms of making offers online yeah okay um, conveyancing as well is something that's a pretty hot topic at the moment that's when the solicitors run through the legal paperwork of, of a sale at the moment it's it's crushing the industry to an really? extent i mean if i could get a deal sale agreed tomorrow it could be three four five six months before that deal closes just because the legality is involved right so people are looking to try and digitize that now at the moment as interesting well. okay um yeah you can imagine if there is any inefficiencies tech has come together yeah um before we go any lasting advice that you've ever received that would stick with these guys you don't need to be a brain surgeon to make brain surgeons money yeah that um i suppose being involved in sales as you know there's a lot of ups and downs the highs are very high and the lows can be very low mm. it's probably about keeping yourself even throughout the whole thing because it does balance out at the end of the day yes agreed that's huge actually and uh you and real estate myself and tech you see people burn out, not just like from overwork, but just emotionally. Yeah. It takes a hold of them, it throws them around the room, and they just say, do you know what, screw this, I'm going to get a solid job. Definitely. And uh, they could have done really well, but they just got too emotional about it. Exactly, yeah, that's it. That's key. Uh, any good books to read, or any good resources for people to look at? I'd probably listen to The Million Dollar Agent, the podcast. It's a good one to give you an idea of what you have to do well to be good in this industry. Yeah, okay. And any lasting quote to live by? Lasting quote to live by? I don't 
don't think I'm that deep. I don't think I'm that profound. <laughs> Go get them. That's the quote. Okay, guys, thanks really for listening. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about uh, the real estate stuff, just reach out and we can have a chat. Until next week.